The Owls on Culture Podcast, Episode 5, The Washington Post. Welcome to the Owls on Culture Podcast, where two generations of owls, Michael the dad, and Hank the son, discuss the latest in movies, plays, books, video games, and more. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Owls on Culture podcast. I'm your co-host, Michael Owl, and I'm here with... Hank Owl. Hank Owl, what's new in your world, man? Well, I did a challenge and spent 18 hours outside. I went for 24, but I'm like, eh, 18's okay. I spent 18 hours outside. On a day, it rained. And me and Michael Owl... Built a used a tarp to build a teepee around a grill and a pillar to keep my me warm. This was definitely a test of <laughs> parenting and yes. me trying to talk your mom into that. This was a I'll say good idea because we didn't really put you didn't I won't say you didn't think it through because this is something you've mentioned wanting to do before. But you kind of I picked you up from school on Friday and you said I want to do this. Like they picked me up at school on Friday. I'm going to spend 24 hours outside today. I hope that's okay. And so we do, we own camping stuff, but we didn't want to use that, right? No, we didn't want to use that. I didn't want to use that. All right, so... We used the sleeping bag on a old mattress, but... Yeah, so your options were basically during the rain, you could hide under the big magnolia tree, which would do a decent job of stopping some hide rain. Hide under the dirty, cobweb-filled shed. <laughs> the shed. Which I never do, so that isn't even an option. It could be under the porch, right? We didn't, uh, but that's that's also... That's cheating! Oh, it's pretty nasty, too. Well, yeah. Unfortunately. Uh, so, yeah, the, no, the tarp the tarp system on the... Yeah, we kind of... Or, or, or I could do what I did before, just stand there with an umbrella over my head. <laughs> we did a lot of that, but you were happy. It was fun. Yeah, it was fun. We made a fire, and the fire you know, would flicker in the rain and make the smoking hissing sounds. I enjoyed that. And then that. almost set our tarp on fire, but that's okay. And the best part is I didn't agree to do the challenge, so I could walk inside anytime I wanted. And bring me food and order Chinese food. There we go. That was very fun. That was very, very cool. Well, what's new in your world, Michael Owl? I am processing the Obama portraits. We're recording this the day after they came out and were unveiled. And I kind of love them, actually. And one of the uh, artists is from Columbus, Georgia, where I grew up. And has Columbus. tons of Atlanta times. Uh, the Skehinde Wiley, who did Michelle Obama's. And then, uh, no, it's Amy Sherald's one from Columbus, I think. You can do... I'm getting confused. Yeah, Amy Sherald did... Uh, Miss Obama's and Kehinde Wiley did the presidents, and they're kind of fantastic. Have you seen them yet? Uh, no, I haven't. I didn't even know they came out. It was the first time I've heard of them. Okay, so they just came out yesterday, and there's a little bit of controversy around them, as of course there always seems to be these days. Uh, but I'm digging the most. I, I didn't love Michelle Obama's at first, and now I really, really do. Uh, so anyway, so that's what's new. I'm kind of enjoying. Having people talk about art and politics and because uh, a combined thing is really kind of fun. Yeah, you do a lot about talking about art on your 
other podcast, bam, 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 plugs. Sometimes, sometimes. Not, it's not always about art. We got business people too. So, well, you've so had, you've wide had variety artists of people. on the show. We have indeed. We have indeed. And of course, art's always featured in the the flock email. The so flock plug, email, plugging so. the flock email. Yeah, um, just go check all the other pinecone turkey stuff out. Yes, please do. Uh, what are we talking about today, Hank Owl? Talking about Washington Post movies. You all know the Oscar nominated for Best Picture and other things movie. The Post is really big. But there's another big movie that talks about The Post and The Post doing brave things. It's called All the President's Men. So we decided to combine those movies in a Washington Post special to celebrate The Post being nominated Best Picture, which I think it deserves to win Best Picture. Oh wow! Okay, we are having well, an Oscar. I've only seen three movies, so we are having an Oscar yeah. special a little bit later, so we'll unveil more. But okay, that's good to know. That so, or yeah. Darkest Hour, it's pretty hard. So when you think of I mean, the the whole newspaper industry is changing, Hank. But I'm curious when you think of a newspaper, what newspapers come come at you? Uh, Washington Post, New York Times. The Philadelphia Gazette, or whatever it's called. Hey, why the Philadelphia paper? Because I like the word Gazette. Okay. So whatever one starts with the Gazette. Did you know about the Washington Post before these movies? Uh, yes, I did. Oh, cool. So I had Washington- a hard time remembering whether it was like Seattle, Washington, or D.C., and I'm surprised they like they were talking about like not being in the bigger newspaper ball game, but I'm like. How are you not? Like, you're in D.C. Right, but back in, like, 1970 or 71, they, you know, apparently they weren't. That was pretty fascinating to me, too. So my, um, my friend named Alex, who was always a little more mature than I was, and while I was reading the Columbus paper, he would read the Atlanta paper, and he would show me the Atlanta paper, and I would always feel smarter afterwards. And then I went to D.C. with my mom. And we got a Washington Post Sunday paper, and it was huge. It made the Atlanta paper look tiny, and it was like, I don't know. I remember there was this perfume ad, actually, that was really striking me for some reason. I really enjoyed the smell of it. And I associate that smell. smell of it. Yeah, it was like, like an ad for it. And sometimes they have like little strips of the perfume. Um, and I just remember reading like the paper cover to cover and loving it so much. So I, I love the Washington Post. And I actually, I, we think we need to get a digital subscription to that. Like talking about the newspaper world changing. Newspapers aren't made out of paper anymore. They're made out of our pocket computers. <laughs> it is a definitely uh, a tough time for the industry. So, how do you want to talk about these movies? Uh, do you want to discuss one at a time first, or things you liked about both? I mean, I, let's discuss them both on the same and talk about what we liked in different lights, which one we liked better. You know, the acting. Well, can we talk a little bit about fluid. the? Let's talk about. There are tons of spoilers in this, guys. We presume you've already seen these movies. One's yeah. <laughs> 1976 or 77, and you know, one's already pretty old too. Well, I mean, there aren't really spoilers since they're historic events that we're talking about. That's true, but as people have probably learned from uh, if they've listened to our our Dunkirk Darkest Hour podcast, <laughs> history is not something your dad is very good at. Um, so, spoilers to a drunk history episode in the future. There we go. <laughs> we'll do a rip-off podcast of them. Um, so, I love the ending. I think it, I thought it was cool. And one of the reasons I wanted you to watch All the President's Men is the ending of The Post. What was the ending of The Post, Hank? Well, I just want to talk about what at first I thought it was. Okay. Because, of course, me being a post-millennial, I think what my generation is called that 
no idea what it was it was doing. I thought it was them typing on a typewriter and stripping out the papers, but turns out, like, that's how the news worked. No, I wasn't talking about the end of all the president's men. I'm talking about the end of the post. Oh, yeah, it was the exact same shot. It was a building. It was the exact same shot from the beginning of all the president's men. Right. And it- With the exact same looking policeman, too. Like, it was, like, the same movie. There, Hashtag real life post Washington Post connected universe. <laughs> and I don't know if it was the exact same shot, but it certainly looked extremely similar. No, it, it wasn't if the it exact wasn't. same shot. It was it definitely based off the exact same shot. I remember from what I remember the Washington Post uh, from the post and all the presence men. So the post was like, the post was definitely taken with a better camera. Like I know it was like, uh, there was different. It looked more, colorful looked more looked better like i think they took the same shot again well there's camera technology definitely would have improved over those 30 40 years and i wonder i don't wonder if wonder if the post was shot on film i mean certainly all the president's men was so just in case anybody who doesn't know the post the movie covers the basically the releasing of the of the um the pentagon papers thank you my mind went blank and all the president's men is the un- about uh, the Watergate dis- robbery. Exactly, this disclosure of the Watergate scandal. So both of them, you know, are very timely. I think, given the attacks that have been going on against the press, and the way the press is morphing in the whole fake news establishment, it was it's nice to be reminded of maybe a simpler time. But maybe it wasn't a simpler time because the same kind of tactics you see used in all the president's men and the post are still being used today. You know, you would you discredit, you deny, and discredit. I liked how the since we're talking about the press being shut down, I liked how the president and the post uh, portrayed like you never really saw him. He's just like this like menacing guy in the background, like. Oh, that's right. Is that, is that how they did that? Like, yeah, they're like he, all you saw whenever you saw them was like through the window like like the camera was like outside looking like you could only see him like his shadow like through the window of the white house that's right and then all the president's men sometimes they were using actual newsreel footage from things that actually occurred and i love some of those shots you'd have the the television monitor in the foreground and nixon would be giving his acceptance speech for the republican nomination and in the background you got woodward or bernstein typing away um, typewriters. I I never I I used a typewriter a little bit, a, a decent amount actually. And I've re- actually like seen very similar things to typewriters. It's kind of used in the same way, except for metal at our school to work with the blind kids, like Braille writers. Like oh, they work cool. the same way. Oh, very very cool. That they're like. And it yeah. like come out on the screen above like that. Oh, that's cool. Um, Metal. So a number of things we can talk about. One, I want to ask you because you have at least, and there's probably several, but at least one main character in both movies, and that is Ben Bradley, the editor of the Washington Post. And in the Post, Tom Hanks plays him, and in All the President's Men, Jason Robards plays him. Did you find one portrayal? Oh, Tom Hanks' por- portrayal was 
much better than the other person. No, you can't say that. I mean, you can say it's your opinion, but like, okay, it's when my you say, opinion that well, not even say much better. Better is not even a good word to use in like a discussion like this. The acting was more. Well, you can say better. which one you prefer. You can your preferred. You know, I, I preferred Tom Hanks's portrayal. And what did you What did you like about it? I mean, they were both really kind of the same character. I think it's because that Tom Hanks got more screen time and Tom Hanks seemed the more of a likable character. Mm. Yeah, like, I feel like Ben Bradley in All the President's Men was the boss character. And a Ben Bradley in The Post was like, cool main character, topical boss. Well, that's interesting because Ben Bradley's a pretty, you know, controversial figure. Very, um, and he's just one of those legends. I thought it was interesting. I never understood, and I love that I saw the post first before seeing all the presidents men again. How, what a position the publisher was. Kathleen is Kathleen Graham. Catherine Graham was in. I did not realize, you know, that her husband had started the paper or he'd run the paper that she was in this role now and that she was so such a, you know, involved in society in DC society. I thought that was pretty fascinating. You didn't get that in all the president's men. Again, that wasn't the crux of the movie, but I think we actually it saw it, her in one frame, like one frame. You can see a woman like sitting on her bed like this. I think you, you might, you might be right, but what it added to like knowing that now from watching the post, it added for me, the tension of, in All the President's Men, that whole aspect that wasn't included in that movie because, you know, that wasn't the focus. Oh, yeah, it definitely added more tension to the post, like getting to see the publishers, Meryl Streep's, like, struggle and what this would do to her family business and finding out that the post was a small, in quotation marks, family business. Right, and I don't know if they, you know, fiddled with the timeline at all with the whole taking the post public or not, but it was perfect, like, storytelling as far as, you know, giving us a clock that we have to, that the audience knows about, you know, it, like, it's almost like the whole, you know, a bomb going off. So we know they have a week to take, you know, back, the bankers to take back their decision of going public. So that we have this big thing out there. And then she makes the decision, and then but then later there's another thing with the sources. So like it's, it was just really good filmmaking. And I loved like the we have two hours left to decipher this, like to make the decision. Are we going to publish? Well, what did you think about the shots of how the newspaper itself was actually put together? Do you remember those? Oh, I liked those shots. I definitely remember because Nana was telling me, like, I know how to run those machines. That's right. She used to work for the newspaper industry for a while. Yeah, and uh, oh, there were very cool shots getting to see the papers run through, like, the metal version of the... F mm hmm and Is that how printers worked back then? Uh, yeah, that was like that was like a, print, a printing press. Uh, it, to, to me, it was well, just... It's, it, it boggles times my, were not that simple. No, they weren't. They weren't. It boggles my mind that they were able to actually even make and distribute in such a wide way these newspapers and the like the lines of people like you know wrapping them up and then you got to put them all in the truck and the truck's got to go somewhere this is all happening in the middle of the night because you know they wake up the next morning you want your morning paper you know atlanta used to have a morning paper and an afternoon paper really mm -hmm. 
did they do that in DC or other places? I bet so. I know DC certainly has more than one paper. Uh, sometimes you'll have a, two newspapers in the same town, and one will be uh, more conservative, and one will be more liberal. Or sometimes they'll share the news, but then the editorial pages, you know, where you're not writing facts, you're writing opinions. Would that'll that'll be different in the different papers? Yeah, and it, it was cool to see how like other people's jobs because. We did a school newspaper once, and I was on that team. Oh, that's right. It's cool. We we even had a, a political paper, and a, talking about the pros and cons of Donald Trump, like so, like an editorial page. No, we had an editorial page, but it was like stating the facts, stating his proposals. It was written by Nathaniel. It was like it was a it was like a real political paper. It was my favorite paper in the newspaper. What? Your favorite paper, the newspaper? Uh, oh, your favorite, favorite part of the newspaper. The favorite is that part of the newspaper, because it was. And what did you, you what did you write on paper. that? I I did a movie review. All right, <laughs> there we go. See, boom, you got you know training, published already. Yeah, we have already have already published. Did, it was on Doctor Strange actually. Oh, that's cool. Oh yeah, that's a good movie. Did um, I got a question for you? Because when I saw both of these movies, it kind of made me want to be a reporter. Oh, yeah, it did. Yeah, you too? Be a reporter, yeah. What did you like about it? And, like, all of a sudden, like, you'd be, like, pulled in, like, okay, I want you to go to this other state and get this information. But but I have, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, I just, like, it's an important job. It matters. And I wonder, and, of course, the reality is, I'm sure, is so much different, you know, because you don't see the, you know, the working on the, you know, writing the 500-word piece on something, you know, pure, on a cat <laughs> like, up a tree or something like that, or the, the, the equivalent. The post, action, real life. Yeah, the noise, can you imagine making all those phone calls, like just in that noisy oh. room with the typewriters going, you know, the whole time, and I would you know, like, I'm go surprised, nuts. like, in the movie, you know, how that character had to go outside for, in case of phones being bugged. Oh, right. I would just go outside anyway. You wouldn't be able to do anything. Right, exactly. Or I would just type on the street. What about smoking cigarettes? Did it make you want to smoke cigarettes? Lots of smoking. I certainly mean, in all the president's In men. 1930s. 30s. Prohibition? Oh. Like, in the sin industries? Like, it was cool. Like, you could see how the different, like, types of... Because cigarettes were assumed with, like, smart people, and cigars were assumed with, like tough guys and you can see that in a lot of modern media and you could definitely see that in these movies like tough Ben Bradley with a cigar like smart reporter with a cigarette I love the line in All the Presidents Men where Robert Redford says to uh, to Dustin Hoffman oh, yeah. he goes, he goes is there you anywhere you don't, don't smoke, smoke. <laughs> it was pretty great no uh, so let's let's talk actors because Again, amazing actors in these movies that are so good. And Tom, Tom Hanks, Hanks you was loved. my favorite in The Post. He was great. Tom Hanks was my favorite in both of these movies. Okay. Did you have a preference with Dustin Hoffman and Robert Redford as Woodward and Bernstein? And I can't remember which one played which one. But I like the blonde or the brunette, basically. Wait, but the, what color is brunette? Brown. Oh, I, then the brunette was my favorite. I don't know. So that was Dustin Hoffman. I like yeah, I like Dustin Hoffman's character a lot better. Yeah, he was a more experienced reporter. Yeah, because I felt like the blonde one was kind of like hot shot, like, but like he wasn't 
acting like a hotshot all the time, even though it felt like he was supposed to be a hotshot. What did you think about the females in that movie, and all the president's men? Do you mean the ones being interviewed? Yeah, it wasn't. It w- wasn't exactly a shining, shining moment of of uh, representation. History. Like, um, uh, my mom was watching this every time. She'd go like, "Oh, women are stupid." Yeah, <laughs> she's joking, joking. But, yeah. but yeah, like the female characters, not all of them, but a lot of them seemed. Like, you know, because it wasn't, you know, still a very, you know, male-dominated society then, as you know, in a lot of ways that it still is now. But, yeah, it didn't represent well. But The Post, again, that same area, again, both movies... women, like, as the main, more important thing. Right, but they complement each other. Knowledge of one movie complements the other one, because you get how, from all the presidents of men, exactly how they were portrayed then. And, and so you get what a huge deal it is to have a woman as the head publisher of this paper in the post yeah it is yeah you like contrasting both movies like you really see how important it was for like, a woman publisher like that's crazy yeah it was so interesting to see the way people mansplained to her and and she's so good she's <laughs> so, i don't know what that noise was that came out of my mouth that was so weird it's like my tongue just would like had a spasm or something. <laughs> I don't think I can make that noise again if I tried, but maybe I'll try. Yeah, that was that one. Yeah, no, it's not. It's not gonna happen. So, what's her name? She's the best actress ever, and I've forgotten her name. Meryl Streep. Thank you. Goodness gracious. See, I remember the name. I'm glad people. somebody does. Uh, so, yeah, she was amazing and so subtle, and like I love the moment when um, she her. decides to do it. Like she's like. Let's go. Let, 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 let's publish. Yeah, that, let's go. that was great. And so was when, like, she basically, they say something, you know, horribly devastating and fairly stupid. And she's like, you know, thank you for your candor. I appreciate that. You know, like, it was so, so subtle and so great. Uh, do you, there was one mention of, of Catherine Graham in All the President's Men, certainly, when Sartin for the White House says he's going to, and I forgot some crude thing about, like, Something of like, you know, is going to do something crude to her. I don't remember what it was. I and mean, that was part of main, you know. Who's Kathleen Graham? The publisher of the Washington Post. Oh, that was her name. Oh. Yes, that, that's, that was her name. So I can't remember what it was exactly in All the President's Men, but one of the White House people said, you know, basically I'm going to bury her or something like that. And that was part of what made them have the resolve to be like, well, heck with it. We're going with these articles. Yeah, and I liked when the person who lied, one of the people who lied, was like, "If there, if there's a way to hurt you, God, they'll find it." <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I kind of just off the top of your head, which movie did you think you preferred? Oh, The Post, definitely. Oh, definitely not even close. Not, not even close. I definitely like the post better, in my opinion. Oh wow! Okay, I'm gonna go. I think I like all the presidents men better. And I don't know if it's just because I saw it first back in the day. You know, obviously I didn't see it in the movie theater. It was four years old, but somewhere along the way I saw it and liked it and loved it actually. Yeah, and it's cool to see like the contrast of like because in both movies there's like a. Let's figure out who did this. And yeah, they both go on a wild goose chase, basically. Uh, except with all the President's Men, the whole movie's about the wild goose chase. And, it's, and in 
suppose it's kind of a not really a subplot, but yeah, part of the big plot. What is it? Does it does it change your opinion about whistleblowers at all? Do you know what I mean by that term? Uh, no, I don't. So a whistleblower is someone who might work for an organization. Or let's just say, let's take our house. Let's say you see that I'm I'm supposed to take the trash out every Monday and put it in the garbage can, and instead I'm just throwing it out in the backyard. And your mom doesn't know that. And if you go to my mom, you say, hey, something's wrong here with the system. You know, this guy is not doing what he's supposed to be doing. Dad is throwing the trash in the backyard. He's supposed to be putting it in a can and taking the side of the road. You would be a whistleblower. So, like, in this case... Uh, so... The, you know, the person who the snuck... Snitch. You got it. Well, that's... In snitch, what... So, when you hear the word snitch, what kind of connotation does that have? Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Somebody bad who's, thing. Right. But yet, a whistleblower should be a good thing, right? And they're the same... That's the same thing. Like, the person who snuck those Pentagon papers out, made the copies, like, did so because he saw that they were lying to the public about what was going on and we were sending young men to die even though we knew we couldn't win the war. And he was like, enough. I'm sneaking this out. Those are classified documents. Against, it's against the law. So did he do a good thing or a bad thing? I'd say he did a good thing while doing a bad thing. Like, I would say he could have legally brought the Pentagon Papers out and like, not, not like, not like, I don't mean, like, bring them out, like, tell anybody. I mean, like, bring them out of the building. And. Well, like, no, that was, I mean, that's definitely against the law. That was Or a maybe, thing. like, read them and take the knowledge and share it at a, like, press conference or something. Yeah, maybe, maybe. But no one would believe him then and the government would deny everything. So, he, he, I think he did. Well, does it change your opinion of, not, don't worry about whether what, you know, what about, like, in your own life? Do you, do you see people as a snitch or a whistleblower? Or does it depend on the situation and circumstance? It depends on the situation, really. I usually see it on the snitch, but most of the time the situations are, are snitch-worthy. Yeah, there's this thing in our society, you know, where we don't want somebody to be a rat or to rat somebody out. But yet sometimes this whole pervasiveness to protect our own and cover up means that really horrible things continue to happen. I mean, I think kind of what you saw with all the scandals in Hollywood, you know, a lot of what happened was people protecting their friends or people protecting people they knew or people protecting people in power. It's a lot of alliteration when I say people protecting people in power. Pterodactyl. Can you make that joke? I just did make that joke. Uh, that's an alliteration joke from the odds ones out. We'll give them credit. <laughs> That's not the right word, is it? It's not the right one? What is it? No, you just said the odds, ones, out. What, what, what is it? What's the real you one? You use multiple plurals. That's all I'm saying. So what is the correct one? Odd ones out. You did uh, odds, okay. ones, out. So that's a YouTube channel uh, that Hank likes and now I like. And uh, I highly recommend it. This guy draws cartoons and talks about his life. It's fun. Yes. Uh, Hank, any more to say about the poster, All the President's Men? Uh, we need to rate this movie, so... We do. Should we in newspapers? That seems pretty pretty, pretty good. No, since that's such an obvious and good idea. No, we're doing <laughs> government secrets. Okay, so all right. And every, Ooh, how about classified every, documents? Classified documents. All right. And, every, and 
a newspaper will get a classified document document no matter what like one star equals one classified document saved <laughs> all right so that's a, that's a modern internet joke okay so out of one like equals one bagel saved i have no idea what you're talking about all right so Course hank owl how out of five classified documents five being the best how many how many how many classified documents would you rate all the president's men Three. <laughs> three, okay. Maybe okay, three. two and what? three, four. Oh my goodness. That's because they had typewriters, right? <laughs> <laughs> and rotary dial phones. Did you know what they were doing with that whole rotary dial phone? Oh yeah, I phone? know. Like, okay. well, isn't there numbers all around and go, Yeah. It really did take a long time to dial people's phone numbers. Like, how much one? Oh, I have a special business phone number with like seven versions. Uh, um, you call me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, how many classified documents would you give the post? Four and one third. Four and one third classified documents. All right. So, I would give all the president's men four classified documents, and I would give the post three and three quarters classified documents. I preferred all the president's I, men just you know, by I notes. I really enjoyed The Post. The Post is one of... It's a very good movie, and that's what, what I want to win Best Picture. That's what I think deserves to win Best Picture. Right. Of course, I, I've, I could only see three of the Best Picture-nominated movies since I start R. Um, that's the first movie, to my knowledge. Maybe not the first, but you saw that movie twice. You saw it with Nana one time. And you went back and saw it with me at the post. And normally you don't like to see movies twice. Well, that's not the first movie I've seen twice. Oh, is it? Is it not? Oh, we did. We did Star Wars. We said the last Jedi twice. I've seen. I've seen many movies twice. Okay. Well, never mind. Maybe not in the theaters twice. But well, that's what I meant. We went back. You went back to the theater to see it again. That's how much you liked it. And I've asked you to do that there. before on other movies. Well, that's because they're movies that weren't worth seeing again. Well, that's my point. Is how much you liked this movie, which I think is awesome because it's a really good film. Yes. Uh, anything else to say about either one of these? Not really. All right. What are you reading? Um, I'm reading um, Life, the Universe, and Everything, which is the third book in the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy series. I'm a little farther along in that since last time I told you about my progress. You're still enjoying it? I was still enjoying it. So that- Douglas Adams, so funny. He died in 2003, I think. No, I didn't know that. He died like a year after the movie was made, or a, or a year before the movie was made. Oh, wow. Well. well, maybe after you... We've seen the movie. Yes, we have. But maybe after you finish the book, maybe we'll watch the movie again and talk about it. But I didn't really like that movie. No one did. It's got like... It's in the 50s. It's a horrible. It had a great cast, too. Um, Another question. Oh, what am I reading? That's the question. <laughs> yeah, that's the question I, I should be asking you. So I am reading uh, a book called Faithful Place by Tana French, and I could be messing up her name. It is book three in the Dublin Murder Squad book series, and I'm kind of digging it. Uh, this is the yeah third one. I've read the first two, and I think I'm going to work my way through the series, but this is my favorite so far. Uh, the lead character is awesome and interesting, flawed but funny. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. 
So that's what I'm reading. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to this episode. And uh, we hope to hope to talk to you again soon. Yeah, and make sure you tune in to other stuff on on Pinecone Turkey because we'll always giving out nerdy government secrets. <laughs> N- nerd nerdical nerdical secrets. We'll be giving out nerdical secrets. All right, goodbye All everybody. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Owls on Culture podcast. Our theme music was recorded and assembled by Marine Cerzier and Antoine Harrell. The show is produced by Pinecone Turkey. To learn more about Pinecone Turkey, visit pineconeturkey.com, where you can read the latest blog posts from the Owls on Culture hosts and sign up for the Flock email, a twice-a-month newsletter that delivers a short film, poetry, a short story, and visual art right to your inbox. It's your monthly dose of art curated by Pinecone Turkey. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so by leaving us a rating on iTunes. Thanks for listening.